Hello, and welcome back to Technology Now, a weekly show from Hewlett Packard Enterprise where we take what's happening in the world and explore how it's changing the way organizations are using technology. We're your hosts, Aubrey Lovell and Michael Bird. This time, we're doing a bit of a two part special. In this episode, we're looking at something that's been bubbling under the surface of IT operations for some time, the idea of convergence. Next time, we'll be looking at exactly what that means for the people who need to know what's going on in an organization's IT from the data center to the boardroom. But this time around, we'll be examining what convergence is and why we're suddenly heading towards it, what it could mean for the future of IT operations, and of course, how it's likely to affect our organizations. Excellent. So if you're the kind of person who needs to know why what's going on in the world matters to your organization, this podcast is for you. And as always, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to your podcast app of choice so you don't miss out on all the great conversations. All right, Michael, let's get into it. Let's do it. Okay, so to start us off, here's a little outline of most organizations' IT structures for those who aren't familiar. So traditionally, most organizations feature IT ops or operations who develop, maintain, and support their IT systems. Then there's DevOps, who are focused on improving the process of developing and delivering software. And of course, SRE or Site Reliability Engineering, which makes sure the two play nicely together. Now, it would seem logical that those three groups all collaborate closely and intermesh on a daily basis, but unfortunately, that doesn't always happen. There's different management structures. Often the teams use different tools and stacks. Maybe they work different shifts from different offices. Either way, somewhere along the line, things get siloed, and that costs money. According to research by Deloitte, improving IT efficiency, especially with more automation, can save between 25 and 40%. So how do we do that? Well, joining us today is Varma Kuna Paraju, co-founder and CEO at OpsRamp, an IT operations management as a service platform that was recently acquired by Hewlett Packard Enterprise. Hi, Varma. So we're talking today about convergence. What does that mean to you? As you see in the last decade or so, as the technology is converging, the two tectonic shifts in IT that is taking place. One is uh, what used to be in-house IT is now a combination of private and public clouds. You have the applications, infrastructure teams, developers, operations, which used to be separate in in the past. The operations piece of the puzzle where tech ops, DevOps, SRE, all of them are coming to a convergence as well. So the two convergences here are one infrastructure convergence where one can see the hybrid multi-cloud infrastructures as a federation, the ops convergence, which is IT ops and infrastructure ops being completely separate from DevOps and SRE. Those things are merging. Varma, why is this a novel idea? What's made it impossible up until now? as new digitization and the need for digitization accelerated during the last four or five years. Gone are the days of ordering infrastructure and waiting for the infrastructure to show up. IT teams bringing up that infrastructure and the application development teams doing waterfall models of applications seven, eight years ago with a year worth of application development before an application shows up is changed in the last few years where infrastructure is coming in a matter of minutes. 
the dev tools and the devops tools and and the deployment tools changed in the last decade so what really drove this is the amount of digitization in the enterprises and the cloud adoption primarily drove what is considered was impossible to where it is where it is reality and as a result the existing tools that enterprises were using before didn't work anymore in this new paradigm you talked about these silos so infrastructure ops sra devops why does having everything in silos why does that cause issues when we say silos you're not talking about a holistic view of looking at application and business service performance applications as you know depend on infrastructure infrastructure depend on a lot of things underneath including the last mile network connectivity to an end user who is experiencing a business application or a business service that is getting delivered from corporate IT so if you look at that in silos where network is seen by a network team you see infrastructure seen by an infrastructure team application seen by an apm tool in a in a siloed manner and then somehow bringing all of those into a duct taping of what needs to be done it doesn't work anymore so what enterprises and if you talk to cios and vp of infrastructures in many of these companies they are looking for a holistic view simplification unification finding the problem before the business unit comes to know what's not working and how the end user experience is is impacted how the business is impacted needs to be known in a holistic view and that is what is driving these silos to not work anymore in this modern application modern infrastructure world is a solution to go single vendor then whoever that might be there are a couple of approaches here one approach is you know how do you kind of bring this powerful intelligent operations management systems that can do a lot more on its own and play very nicely with maybe you know a best of breed in isolated areas like for example if you have a best of breed warehousing application bringing them together you know in the form of integrate to consolidate is potentially a great approach because you don't need necessarily to rip and replace every tool but doing more with one single operations framework where it can ingest manage and give a lot more performance and availability data that one can take action on it whatever may be the system it is coming from that is where the solution of integrate to consolidate and doing more with a unified operations management framework makes a lot more sense but not adding one more silo to existing silos so ai hot topic it's obviously touching so many elements of the tech industry and i guess what we're talking here is is no different where does ai come into all this so i think there are multiple areas where ai is coming into play right you know number one is in the case of operations management you're looking at availability and performance data coming from hybrid multi vendor multi cloud and you are trying to kind of get a lot of ingestion of insights into how applications and infrastructures are performing that may be coming from metrics logs traces and other sources of information including synthetics and 
end user performance oriented data that all is getting ingested and when you ingest this kind of large volumes of data the first thing that needs to find is a needle in the haystack initial incarnations of ai is in the more on the event correlation you are getting so many events and metrics you know and alert data but now if you fast forward understanding the topology of the entire application dependency to the infrastructure and using the topology and using large volumes of data from logs traces and metrics together to kind of find a probable root cause is another area of ai application and then you also drive the automation using all of these elements to resolve the performance issues before end customers and end users really being impacted that's another area of ai how close is this ai enabled it ops to being a commercial product our customers are solving problems today with ai machine learning right so with respect to how they are reducing uh, the noise in the alerts how they are really finding the probable root causes how they are really making sure that they are the first to know before the business units come to know where we see this going moving forward is how this can be much more predictive much more automation driven where they can free up the it ops people for more strategic digital transformation and digitization work where beyond the well known problems that gets resolved with you know run book automation and things like that ai ops systems can really predict the capacity spikes how do we pre provision the infrastructure that really supports these spikes and how do we predict these incidents that are likely to take place and and do remediation actions on this so why should organizations care about this coming revolution in it ops they care about in terms of uh, two angles number one they care because they wanted to be a service provider to the lines of business more than ever before they care because they wanted operational optimization and operational efficiencies and last but not the least they wanted to be agile nimble and be a partner to the lines of business and it is becoming you know an integral piece of business units so that was absolutely fascinating and very very interesting thank you so much varma and we'll be back with varma in a moment so don't go anywhere All right. It's time for today I learned, the part of the show where we take a look at something happening in the world we think you should know about. All right, Aubrey, I think I'll take this week's if that's okay because as a proud EV owner, it is good news for electric vehicles. The price of battery packs is set to plummet in the next couple of years according to new research by Goldman Sachs, which we've linked in the show notes. Their research suggests the batteries could get 40% cheaper in the next 2 years as a result of better manufacturing processes and falling material costs. Now, depending on who you ask, 40 to 50% of the cost of an EV is in its batteries. So slashing that is a big win. Now, that could mean two things. Firstly, it could mean that the cost of EVs fall. In fact, it would bring them in line with the cost of traditional internal combustion engine vehicles in terms of manufacturing costs. 
Secondly, and just as importantly, it could mean that for the first time, building EVs can make manufacturers financially solvent. Until now, according to Goldman Sachs, electric vehicle manufacturers have almost always relied on government subsidies to balance the books. That might not be necessary going forward, which would be a big step forward in its own right. And if you're going to be building more cars anyway, they might as well be electric because more demand means more investment in tech, which means greener solutions for the next generation cars and batteries down the line, which benefits everyone. Thanks for that, Michael. Very intriguing and exciting. All right, it's time for questions from the audience. You've been sending in your questions to Varma on ops and convergence, and we've pulled out a couple. So the first question comes from Johan and Honolulu, who wants to know, where does the human come into this equation when it comes to convergence? I think the human continues to play a major role Right When you do the convergence and when you optimize these operations, the human comes into the loop when a probable root cause is identified and someone needs to go and attend to that probable root cause that caused that incident, right? That's one piece of the puzzle. Human comes into the loop in terms of planning and optimization and provisioning you know, the planning and delivery stages, both stages, the human is in the loop. The optimization of what a human used to do for repeated tasks that can be automated, that can be self-remediated, that can be potentially pre-provisioned as opposed to a reactive provisioning, those things are automatically done by the systems, whereas the human is playing a much bigger strategic role in terms of planning and working with the business units on what they wanted to see. So, Varma, the second question comes from Shan, who has labelled herself as a digital nomad. And she asks, when do you think we'll finally see a convergence happen? This is not a science project anymore. The convergence is ongoing. You know, today, infrastructures and applications are all Uh, coming in a matter of minutes. Applications are getting developed with much more support from ecosystem of things that are taking place and innovations that are taking place in the market. So hybrid infrastructures are here. Multi-cloud infrastructures are where the enterprises are deploying their workloads. And all of this is today. Thanks so much, Varma. We appreciate you. And as always, to our listeners, you can find more on the topics discussed in today's episode in the show notes. And don't forget, we'll be back with Varma next week to talk about data presentation and dashboards when it comes to IT and operations. So there's much more to come. Right then, we are getting towards the end of the show, which means it is time for This Week in History, a look at monumental events in the world of business and technology, which has changed our lives. Now, Aubrey, I don't know if you remember, but the clue last week was, it's 1882, and this holidays, may your dreams be merry and even brighter. Did you get it, Aubrey? Did you get it? I didn't, no. No, okay. Well, I will give you the answer because it's the first electric Christmas tree lights unveiled this week, a staggering 141 years ago. So uh, they were the brainchild of Edward Johnson, an associate of Thomas Edison, who had 80 red, white, and blue bulbs specially created and hand-wired to decorate his tree. Now, not content with just lighting the tree, it was also rotated by an electric motor, 
with only the forwardmost lights switched on to make the whole thing safer and longer lasting. Now, obviously, the press were invited to see the tree and the lights were covered in many major newspapers, making them an immediate hit for the few rich enough to be able to afford them. Eventually, though, it was the marketing of the lights as a safe alternative to putting candles on trees in the 1920s that made them universally popular. And as they say, the rest is history. Fantastic. Well, we will be taking a brief festive break. We'll be returning in the first week of January, where the clue is it wasn't worth much in 2009. It's worth a bit more now. Ooh. Hmm. Hmm. That's a thinker. I wonder what that is. Hmm. Well, that brings us to the end of Technology Now for this week. Thank you to our guest, Varma Kuna Paraju co-founder and CEO at OpsRamp. And to our listeners, of course, thank you all so much for joining us. It's been a wonderful year and we're so happy to have you hang out with us on the show. Agreed. Very much agreed. Technology Now is hosted by Aubrey Lovell and myself, Michael Bird. And this episode was produced by Sam Datapolin and Zoe Anderson with production support from Harry Morton, Alicia Kempson, Alison Paisley, Alyssa Mitri, Camilla Patel, Alex Podmore and Chloe Sewell. And our social editorial team is Rebecca Wissinger, Judy Ann Goldman, Katie Guarino, and our social media designers are Alejandra Garcia, Carlos Alberto Suarez, and Embar Maldonado. Technology Now is a Low Street production for Hewlett Packard Enterprise, and we'll see you next year. <gasps> Happy holidays! <laughs> <laughs>